Hey y'all, just a few housekeeping things before we jump into the episode. It is November, so we are covering one of our favorite noir TV shows, Veronica Mars, but this is the season four pilot. This was part two of a series that we were planning, but because of some technical issues, part two is coming out before part one. So watch out for that because it will be coming. Also, we are changing our rating from clean to explicit, so we are no longer safe for work. We don't talk about anything bad, but there just might be a little more cursing in. And also, randomly, towards the end of the episode, we have a spoiler warning for the TV show Fleabag. So if you haven't watched all of that yet, which you should, we do drop some season two spoilers. That's all. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Fatal Femmes, a podcast surrounding the women of mystery. Each episode will look at a movie or TV show written, directed, or made famous by a female-identifying artist. We're your hosts, Laura Celeste and Lacey Cannon-Gonzalez. Stay tuned. In this episode, we look at the 2019 limited Hulu series Veronica Mars, created by Rob Thomas, starring Kristen Bell, Jason Doring, and Enrico Colantoni. To get us started, here is a synopsis. Panic spreads throughout Neptune when a bomb goes off during the spring break. The wealthy family of one of the bombing's victims hires Veronica and Keith to find out who is responsible. Trigger warnings for this episode are bombing, murder, and sexual assault. We do want to caution you that this episode is full of spoilers. We get in-depth on every aspect of the plot, so if you care about that, go watch the episode and come back. We'll be waiting. We are going to try to limit our spoilers to the first episode because that's all that I've seen of this series so far. Y'all have watched the full thing. Yeah. A long time ago, we used to have it. I think that's a great way to segue into welcoming our guest. This is Carl Gonzalez, everybody. Hi, everyone. I am Carl, and I am the expert when it comes to fatal femmes. Obviously, me being a male, which is why they asked me. Carl is a longtime Veronica Mars fan, and he also is the writer of our theme music. Would you also like to do another intro that doesn't make you sound like a complete douchebag? I don't know. I kind of like the douche. I mean, it's Veronica Mars. I most men are douchebags. Well, I know that most men are douchebags, but also I don't want people thinking that I'm married to a douchebag. Hopefully people would think I was kidding. But sure, I'll do another one. You didn't have to tell everybody you were married to him. <laughs> oh, God. What have I done? Gone and stepped in it again. Well, might as well keep going. This is part two of our Veronica Mars series. And yeah, we already covered the pilot episode. And this feels like going home, but it also feels like a pilot episode itself, which is season four, episode one. Well, they have just announced the DVD release of season four, which is titled The First Season. Interesting. So we don't know what that means. I mean, doesn't it, I mean, I don't know, but doesn't it mean just like, because it's a brand new platform, it's kind of a brand new story, that would be the first season of Hulu's Veronica Mars, as opposed to CW, what was it? UPN or? I forgot who. It was on UPN and then the, WB and then CW? Right. Something yeah. like that. I don't know, but... I don't remember. Yeah, that makes sense. If it was a new platform, it's been canceled and off the air for a long enough time. And it, and the whole season itself feels like a more mature Veronica Mars. So it very much feels like a sister show, but the, it does stand alone. It does feel a little bit different. Like a spinoff of 
the original. The original, even though it's the original characters of Donald. Well, no, it, it, it is, because it, it's those characters, years later, they're adults. Yeah. So the show tonally is a little darker, a little more mature. They cover a little bit more risque topics, which they covered some risque topics on the original show. This one overall has a little bit of a darker feel. So I get calling it a first season. Well, and it was going to be darker. We <clears throat> were able to attend the Veronica Mars panel when we were covering the ATX TV Festival. Which, if you love TV, you need to sign up and get your tickets now because that is so much fun. Rob Thomas said that he was expecting to be TV MA, so the original stories that he wrote were even darker. And one of the reasons that they had to cut out the curse words and that Veronica and Keith have the bet about not, not cussing not cussing is because they were only rated TV 14. And right. he said that... They had to take all of them out. That he had the F word in the episode, I think, 14 times. I think every time they say the word cuss, they're replacing fuck. Yes. How many times are we allowed to cuss on here, though? Like, how many Fs are we allowed? I mean, Lara basically is our morality person, so whatever. Can I negotiate three and a half? We're technically rated clean, but I was thinking about changing our rating. So Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. And Laura, I have to tell you guys, Laura has a notebook full of great, detailed, thoughtful notes. And Carl and I are coming into this with just sheer charisma and personality and not much else. Wow, we're screwed, guys. Oh my. But with your notes in our stick. (laughs) In my stick. Charlie's thrilled. Yeah, our silent partner today is Charlie. He's a half Border Collie, half Corgi. He's amazing. He can barely stay awake for this. Follow him on Instagram at Chuck Barkowski. So hopefully you can stay awake for it. So episode one is called Back to the Beach. I don't know, maybe don't question it. Back to the Beach? Por momento, por favor. Because see, on the the IMDb, it's listed as season four. Mm -hmm. And so it's called Spring Break Forever, which I love. If you know the movie Spring Break, you know what that's a call to. It's Spring Breakers, right? Oh, Spring Breakers, that's right. Episode 1 of Season 4, Spring Break Forever, begins, as all good noir does, with a voiceover. We get to see the beach at night. And Veronica says that she came back to Neptune because she thought that she needed it and that Neptune needed her, but that she was wrong on both counts. And that the Maloof case was the beginning of the end. Which is very ominous, tells you right away... Things are going to get hairy. Yeah, this is not going to be a happy noir at all. No, and again, I think, is this where we, there's neon in this as well? Or is it in the opening credits? Because just, I'm noticing so much with neo-noir that you're seeing so much use of neon lighting. Really? Yeah. I feel for the neo-noir of today, it's almost synonymous with neon lights. Now, and this is a question because I don't know. Is there, what's the cutoff? to it being noir or classic to be neo-noir. Is there like a certain like year that y'all consider that or what? Well, because traditional noir, I feel like, is back when it was popular. 40s, 50s, started tapering off in the 60s. The end of noir is like 1960. Basically, you remember when we went to the, the noir fest in San Francisco? Yeah. You went on the last night and that was 1960, 1961. And that's when they um, showed Psycho, which was an amazing experience. But that kind of was the ending of noir in that sense so everything noir made after that point is considered neo-noir but now i feel like there's almost another genre like classic neo-noir neo-neo-noir 
neo neo noir. It's like the now neo noir now. As opposed to the Matrix neo noir. Yeah, he's not in this. We're just gonna call this Keanu noir. The neo-noirs we see being created today, I see so much neon lights. And I think we talked about this on the Jessica Jones episode about a lot of times neon lights, kind of synonymous with CD dealings, CD buildings, yeah. dirty deeds. So kind of makes sense that a private investigator would be in places like that. Yeah. Cool. Oh, we talked about that in the original Veronica Mars episode as well. Mm-hmm. It's all coming back to me. It is spring break. The beach is full of people. To get loose, to get lit, and to get laid. Hey, we've, we see Veronica. She has to climb over this gate because the client that she's going to see will not open the gate for her. Well, because she's out at the pool and she's not paying attention and she's doing her own thing. Yeah, doing Comple- rich people stuff. Yeah, doing rich people stuff completely forgot that she has an appointment with a private investigator. So Veronica, being the resourceful little spitfire that she is, climbs the gate to come head-to-head with a guard dog, which she promptly gives a treat and makes friends with, which I love that. His name is Dahmer. Yes. Dahmer. I have to say that I was extremely excited to see Eliza Coop in this episode. Oh, Oh, she did such a good job in that role. I'm excited to see her in anything. She just is such an awesome character actor, and she just brings so much personality to whatever she does. I loved her so much as Jane in Happy Endings. So anytime I see her in something, yeah. I'm like, Jane! She's great. Have you seen uh, Future Man? No. That's on Hulu. And it has her in a very different role. And um, who else is in that? The kid um, that played PETA. I can't think of his name. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. And then this other dude, I can't think of his name. Because I didn't know him before the show. But he's in it as well. But it's a really, really funny show, but um, very mature. So we've confirmed that it's Eliza Coop and two other random whites. Yeah, and the dude that played PETA. And the, then that other guy. I was considering him random. Hey, too. I know the important person's name. Belmont. And PETA. <laughs> PETA! This exchange is really funny. She finds out that her ex-husband had bugged her house, and that's why her heat would turn up to like 90 degrees in the middle of the night, and her internet would go out, and all this bad stuff was was happening, and he had control of like her smart house, basically. Yeah, and she's a very pampered woman that has no idea how to use anything in her house. Which, I mean, mean, that, that is a huge jerk thing to do. It's also hilarious that the worst thing that he could do to her is inconvenience her, like, mildly every day. Yeah. It's like, how pampered do you have to be to where that is your worst day? Well, real pampered, because when she goes to pay Veronica here in just a little bit, Veronica ups the price on her after hearing that the woman was unhappy with $90,000 a month, because that's what he initially offered her in the divorce. So she's getting more than $90,000 a month, and she was going to pay Veronica $300 a day, which then Veronica changes to $300 an hour. And this woman is so rich, she doesn't think about it for a second. She's just like, oh, hmm, and writes a check for six And then again, to be fair, if someone was messing with my AC and turning up all the, I'd probably be like just as mad. You would empty our bank account. I would really empty our bank account to have like a good AC unit. So Yeah. Yeah. Veronica does help her get back because she plants some... Cameras she or... plants cameras and microphones in some floral arrangements that she has sent to him under the guise that it's from his work for doing such a great job this quarter. It's like, you know the guy's rich when he gets flowers for doing a great job in that quarter. The guy probably was just like, oh, cool, and put it 
put it aside. I mean, no, that's exactly what happened. That's yeah. what she was counting on. So he put it in the kitchen, and so they could see what was going to happen. He's with his new wife, and they're trying to like get down and dirty and have some fun. Yeah. And they keep ruining it. And she basically hands Eliza Coop's character. I think her name's Carmen. Cameron. Carson. 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 Um, she hands her the controls, and she's like, "Have at it, baby." I do love how much Veronica enjoyed smashing up her stuff when she was looking for the bugs mm-hmm. in the house. So yeah, she just hands her a check for 6000 Yeah. Without batting an eye. Yeah, and I think it's kind of neat because we see that Veronica's still doing Veronica Mars things. She's still taking cases. She's still working. But I think what that what also happens in that scene is it shows a little bit of the separation of the ultra-wealthy and where Veronica's at because Veronica's not ultra-wealthy. She's okay, but she's definitely not that... She's, not, she's still not part of that 0-9-er. The kind of last little insult is the smoke alarm starts beeping because the battery's low and Veronica says, oh, it's just a low battery. Here you go. And she goes, oh, can you install it? That's not really my thing. For 6,000 bucks, I guess I'd throw that in too. Yeah. But yeah, it was a little degrading. I think that kind of sets the scene that money money comes into play a little bit. And there's still that hierarchy and divide of the people in that too, which is going to play in a lot. And I think that's illustrated actually thinking about it now really well in this scene because you have Carson and Veronica, they don't look very different, but they are on very, very different ends of the spectrum money-wise. We get our opening credits. I really like the new song. Yeah, they slow it down. They have a woman singing it. Love that. Again, neon, purple. Yeah. It, yeah, watch it. Watch Jessica Jones. Watch Veronica Mars' original pilot. Neon, I'm telling you. The theme song was all right. It wasn't my favorite. I think I'm just so used to the Dandy Warhols version. But I like it because it makes it more female-centered. And that's good. And that's good. See, that's just me being like, oh, I like my original. Meh. But you're right. It makes it more. the good old days. The good old days. No, but that makes it a lot more cohesive with, you know, we're entering Veronica's world. Well, and I think what it does is stylistically sets the tone for the kind of show it is now. Because it isn't the same show. We're not dealing with teenagers in high school. These are adults and facing much more serious issues. Adult things. Much more adult things. We are full on adulting in Veronica Mars now. Yeah. And we have a brand new mature sounding, sophisticated sounding theme song song to go with it. We catch up with Daddy Mars. Daddy Mars! Which I didn't, I always forget his name is Keith. So when I hear Keith, I'm like, what? Because I only call him Daddy Mars. Yeah. He is meeting up with this guy at a little local grocery yeah, store. Who's Reduced Market or Grocery or something like that. He says at one time that this is the only place that some people can afford to buy groceries in Neptune. Yeah. Again, high, highlighting that divide of the wealthy and the not wealthy. And there's been rats showing up in his grocery store. They're but not the exterminator there. can't find any. They're just kind of popping up out of the blue. And it's driving business down. It's driving business down. So he's hiring Keith to plant some cameras or just investigate this in some way. Yeah, investigate it. Try to get to the bottom of what's happening because this business is his livelihood. Again, it is the place that people can, that aren't the ultra elite, can afford to buy groceries. Keith is going to investigate Daddy Mars on the case. And this is where we find out a difficulty that he's having in his memory is slipping and he's repeating himself. Yeah, and they do a really good job of scaffolding this throughout the season because it does get progressively worse. Did that really all happen in the first episode? Yes. 
See, that's why I'm a little, not nervous to talk about this because Lacey and I have seen the entire series now. So I'm trying to make sure that I don't say anything that's like, oh, episode four, episode five instead. Right, right. No, this all was episode one. And it's a very subtle thing that I think unless you were a seasoned kind of marshmallow, if you will, you may not pick up on it quite yet. You're just like, oh, he made a mistake. Okay, no big deal. I think a more sophisticated eye is going to pick up because... Daddy Mars does not do that. No. It's very off-brand for that character. And we also find out about their bet. Whoever can go the longest without saying the F word gets something. I don't remember if they I don't remember what they get. Anyway. Bragging rights? Yeah. Sounds about right. So it's a lot of what the cuss. Are you cussing kidding me? Cuss you. He said that he didn't think she could go 20 minutes without saying it, and that was three months ago. Yeah, it's funny what you can do when the writer writes things in the script. (laughs) And also we find out about this new group in Neptune called the Nuts. Neptune United for a Tidy Town. Yes. So I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I love that it's headed up by Dick Sr. So Dick (laughs) Cockablancs. Dick (laughs) Cockablancs. Dick Casablancas Sr. So it's Dick and his nuts. Yeah. I love that. We're so mature. <laughs> he goes back to Mars Investigations, and Veronica's there, and she shows him the check, and he's like, how did you get this much? And she said, oh, we did feminist stuff. And some scissoring. Which, I'm like, that is, a, that is a relationship, because that is nothing. I, well, A, our dad would not know what scissoring was, but that's not anything I would ever say in front of my dad. And she goes, oh, I get it. You're feeling emasculated. And he said, if... Being shown up by my daughter made me feel emasculated. You would have found me in the garage with the something in the tape deck. A tube in the tailpipe and, oh, what was cheap trick in the tape deck or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and she just leans forward and she goes, what's a tape deck? <laughs> no, it's such, and this was a scene they showed at um, the ATX TV festival. And it was such a beautiful scene to introduce the new season because it is quintessential Daddy Mars and Veronica it's just, they're all grown up now. And so father, daughter have a little bit more of a mature tongue. It's such a fun scene. And you can tell the actors are just thrilled to be with each other. Why scissoring? Like, why is that the first? Well, because... It's just such a because random Because she word. went to help a woman who's, she's, he's like, what did you do? Well, I understand that. I'm just, it was just a random word. Like, it, it made me... Probably because it was a woman. So it's like, you know, because if it was a guy, she would be like, oh, blowjob. Hand job. Oh, I guess that's true. A girl. True. Some scissoring. If you'd like to know our thoughts about scissoring, please stay tuned. And this is when we got into a debate because she's leaving and she's like, I'm doing an Irish exit. We hung up our bong goggles and watched Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds 2. And to celebrate spring break. Yes. And then she says, hashtag Jomo. I don't know. What is Jomo? Jomo? Because I know FOMO is fear of I missing out. I thought it was joy out. of missing out. Right? Joy of missing out? Oh. Hold on. Jomo. We're going to get the Googles. Joy of missing out. You're enjoying what you're doing in the here and now and not on social media broadcasting or seeing what everyone else is doing. Opposite of FOMO or the fear of missing out. Guy one, I had a great day. Climbed a hill and didn't check Facebook. Guy two, good day. Guy one, yeah. Your Joma. The second thing for Joma, I'm going to say. Okay, <laughs> no, that's enough. Thank you. No, um, 
Okay, so that makes sense because she does not mind. Because what he Keith is talking about in this scene is wanting her to go to the city council meeting where the nuts are gonna make their case and watch a bunch of nuts try to make Neptune a tiny town or whatever. I thought you said Neptune. <laughs> Neptune make Neptune a tiny town, and that would make sense why she had joy of missing out on that. He says, "Bye, Felicia." I know it is so cliche to have an old cis white man say something, you know, well, relatively queer. I know it's cliche, but just the way he did it, it was so cute. Yeah. See, I don't know Bye, if anyone Felicia. else could have done it besides him. I love him, and I just think the trust. I mean, going further into the episode, I'll probably I'm I'm going to talk a little bit more about how much I kind of disagree with how Rob Thomas introduces and treats some of his POC community in. Veronica Mars Mm. but I do think that at least with Daddy Mars and Veronica like he could say something that you know is more considered for you know I guess queer talk you're right he just somehow made it work yeah because it wasn't like oh I'm making fun of this it was just like look at the absurdity of me saying this yeah I think like, it, I'm it the was, last person that should be saying this, yeah. so I'm going to say this just to embarrass her. Yeah, it wasn't a joke on the queer community. It didn't feel like a joke on the queer community, and I would, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to speak for anybody, just in my opinion. Yeah. It felt more like a joke on him as an older dude. But yeah. Bye, Felicia. It was so cute. Oh, and he asked her if Logan was back, and she said no, and she doesn't know where he is. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, bitterness, a little, a little trepidation. There's something touchy, something feels sensitive. But when she gets home, she does see his bag sitting there in oh my God. the hallway. And we get to meet her dog, Pony. Pony. Oh my God. Because, okay, do you remember, I can't remember what episode, but in the original series, because her dad's like, "Some guess, guess what this is? And she's like, is it a pony? So she finally got her pony. Oh, that's funny. Do you remember that? She's like, a pony? I do. I but didn't even think about that. I don't know why, but when she's, when she's like, daddy's home i'm just like like it makes me so i'm just like oh my god is daddy home and she walks pony out on the beach which is a crazy mess it is crawling with drunk kids i mean not tiny kids but like college age kids i was like wait what were you watching (laughs) sorry after you turn 30 everyone just looks like they're in second grade in my day and that's literally right outside her front door I just, how would you even sleep? I don't know. I guess it would be like living in... In a bed. That would be like living in a bed? No. You said, how would you sleep? And I said, in a bed. Oh, okay. Anyways, keep going. And she this just whole scene. happens to come up at the right time, in the exact right spot, to see Logan coming up out of the water. And let me tell you, Logan has been taking all of his vitamins. He's grown into a big, strong boy. And I say this in front of my husband, but hot damn. Like, he has a little bit of dad face. You can tell he's gotten a little bit older. That's okay. Cough piss forever. Cough. Oh, no, 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 no. There is no pro piss talk here. There is no pro piss. <laughs> I know who I'm sitting with, but there is no pro piss talk. I actually don't give a I shit about piss. I'm piss just trying to make you As know. an individual, he had no business with, with Veronica. He no, really he didn't. didn't. Like, he really didn't. No. Very different people. Very different life paths. No. But anyways, back to... You also have a Duncan fan here, so. Well, I like Duncan. Okay. But yeah, Duncan wasn't right on a lot of different ways. Duncan, Duncan's in Mexico with his kid. No, yeah. he's in Australia. Oh, why did I think he was in Mexico? I don't know. 
Fine, Australia. What if he's in the Netherlands? Does Australia not extradite? Apparently not. Oh, I thought you were about to ask if Australia's not part of Mexico. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Okay, I know I'm a white girl, but I'm not that white. There's sand in both places. But wait, like, there's sand. So, yeah, geography. They're both down. They're both down south? No, Lo- I, I, I gotta respect Logan coming out because it was like, Ugh. it wasn't even that he was that jacked. It he was is, just, he's he just is, but just beautiful. in the right way. It's not almost. It's like a perfect, bo- okay, now we're welcome to the actual show. This is us yeah. just talking about his body because it's like the shoulders are so broad and it just tapers down into this nice little trim waist. It's just such a gratuitous shot. They don't do it a lot, but I appreciate I appreciate this. Well, because it's usually the woman in the bikini coming out. In this I, that shot. had to be what it's a callback to, right? Yeah, because like, he was in like itty bitty little shorts. Yeah, but not speedo, but just still. Small they were like shorts. A, a, a boxer brief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I just love like. These two girls are like, oh yeah, we want some of that Logan penis. And I don't think like, they say it just like that. They didn't. Oh my bad. No, but it's like they're oh just. Oh my god, you didn't read the copy of the screenplay I sent you. <laughs> you didn't read my revisions. I'm sorry. <laughs> so literally, I think it's one of my favorite interactions when Veronica and Logan first see each other because she's like, "Hey, you, I need these to, these well, things." Well, no, because just because you're explaining it so well, yeah, I just yeah. want to like add a little bit more to the richness because these two girls are sitting there ogling him like, "Hot damn, caught me off a piece of that." And like, Kit Kat bar. Yes. They're just, you know, ogling this beautiful man for very good reason. But Veronica walks up and she's like, oh, him? Oh, okay. And she's like, hey, you. What does she call him? Blue trunks. You, blue trunks. And she's like, so, like, my refrigerator's broken or whatever. <laughs> like, or whatever. And go ahead. Can we, do you want to interact, the, do we do the scene real quick? Sure, perfectly? I'd love to. Do we have the, do we have the dialogue? Yes, yeah, so I have the dialogue right here. All right, are Perfect. we ready? Yes. Cool. Okay. Go for it. Hey, you, Blue Trunks. Yeah, that's me. I'm Blue Trunks. Like, my refrigerator broke or whatever, and um, my neighbor has a perfectly good one, so do you want to, like, come carry it down and bring the other one up? What do I get? What do I get for this? Um, handjob. Okay, but what about these girls right here? They look like they want to give me more. That's No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at no, all? No, he goes, but with eye contact. And she goes, fine. And then he, she's like, okay, what floor do you... Okay, but with eye contact. You, you've ruined it already. Oh. And then he, she's like, what floor do you live on? She's like, third floor. And he goes, full on sex. Ugh, fine. But, she and, says, but you have to hang some shelving units first and carry my old refrigerator down. And take me to work. Yeah, and then he said... Uh, Hi, you're right, I am Blue Trunks. I am Blue Trunks, and I will take the refrigerator down, then give you the sex, then give you to work. Give you to work. work. (laughs) And then as they're walking away, uh, oh, she says, are we going to keep talking about this, or should we forget it? So they start walking away, obviously having fun with their little thing thing that they did. And And she's like, "Um, you don't have to do any of that to sleep with me. And I live on the first floor. And if you're going to do the reenactment, can you at least try to remember the dialogue? But the thing is, I think my dialogue no, is a little bit. No, no, better. no. Do this with your basic girl. It's So it's like, I don't have any of, or my refrigerator is fine and I live on the first floor. Um, my refrigerator is fine and I live on the first floor. Toss, toss. <laughs> that was his hair. And scene. Thank you. Yes. No, no, no. And then Logan's like, well, that sounds like a much better deal. And she's like, what did I tell you about talking? And then they go home and rekindle the romance. 
it it was a very tastefully done sex scene, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It wasn't like, oh my god, this is so hot. I don't know about the chemistry between the two of them. Okay, did it seem like, okay, I didn't want to say anything. Did it seem like it was just a little lacking? Or was that on purpose? See, uh, see, I don't here's know if I can talk thing. about this. I've been watching Outlander, and that show has its own problems, but one of them is not chemistry the two, between the two But ladies. the thing is, are you talking about the chemistry, chemistry. Of, them, of them as actors or of them as people? Because we need to be careful on what we, we say next, if that's the case. Actors. Okay, I mean... Because, okay, but you have to, to have chemistry as an actor with someone, you have to have the chemistry with them as a person. I agree with that. I just... See, in the original series, like... But he's married now, and he has kids, and he's a Scientologist, and all that bullshit. Right, oh, he's he, a Scientologist? Yeah. Like, high up in the church. Like, Dude, I didn't know up. that. No, and I'm just like, because I didn't think their chemistry in the movie was great either. No, I didn't either. I'm not even going, I really don't remember the movie too much. I don't, because re- I don't know what happened to him, like, because the, like, season three Logan, movie Logan, I may get ruined for this, but I didn't love it. I didn't love his character. I found it really lacking. And then... You start seeing, in this season, you start seeing more of that. It starts coming out more and more like how he used to be. Oh. Just a little bit more personality. I don't know if it's just because of what Rob Thomas wrote for him, or if he had like a temporary, what do you call it? What's the thing? Lobotomy? Oh. I don't know. Do y'all think also that it could be Rob Thomas like responding to fans they're like so oh my god veronica and logan team logan so he wants to write logan as the ideal guy therefore kind of abandoning who logan actually was if you're going into like season one i mean because season one logan was fascinating but an asshole like he was a dangerous jerk very yeah he like you didn't love him at all but there was also something about him that made you root for him. His he was a more entertaining character than I, in, in, in my opinion, I could be wrong. But he when was he a, was bad Logan. When he was bad Logan. Yeah. But you can't have your leading star be with somebody that's bad like that. But see, I disagree with that. I find that it's, you can still have someone that's an edgy, more intense, risky character be a leading part. You can still do that. He doesn't have to be toxic. He doesn't have to do bad things. He doesn't have to be abusive. But he can be that person without those elements and be a leading love interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't a fan of Logan, Logan's portrayal in season three in the movie. Yeah, because when people were like, oh, Veronica has to end up with Logan in the movie or I'm, I'm like, going to be so mad. Why? Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, I, why? He... This season gives you more of what you like. And it was it was really gratifying to see that. And I'd like to see more of it. Yeah. But yeah, I did find the sex scene a little... I, I wasn't like... That sounds weird because I feel like it's creepy to be like, yeah, I thought that was, I was, that was a good sex scene. But to me, there was something... There, there, there's something. Because you can tell they really like each other yeah. and they have a friendship. But it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like a sexual connection. Which makes sense if he's married and loves his wife. Yeah. Right, but there are lots of people who are married and love their wife and still... Yeah, I'm just saying maybe that's just not something he can do. Yeah, yeah that's true. I went so off topic. We haven't even gotten to the actual crim. I know. The crim of the crim show. But I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. I think like it a... is too because, yeah, I Logan gets a little bit of a redemption for me in this season just because 
you just get the slightest little spark of that Logan charm that and made you enough. love him. Yeah. I mean, it's not enough for me. Oh. I want more. But it was it was enough for the time. Yeah. Well, and we do get something that I never thought we would get from Logan, which is a marriage proposal to Veronica. Yeah. Oh, is that the first episode too? Yeah. And Jeez. it's done in a way where, of course, Veronica's searching through his bag To try and figure out where he was at. He's just in the like background brushing his teeth and making these comments and says something about, you know, you should lock me down. And she's like, oh... Some people might think you mean marriage. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And he has a ring hidden in one of the pockets of his bag. And he's like, have you searched all the pockets? And she does not react well to this. Oh, no, 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 no. Where most girls would be like, oh my God, yes, Logan. A thousand times yes, a million times yes. Veronica is not about that married life. And so she leaves. Now... Just, and I know it'll come out, but just like when you guys saw that happen, why do you think she was, that was her reaction? Trying to remember when I first saw it and what I know. Well, because I mean, she explains it because it's like the job that she does involves watching marriages break up in the most horrific ways all the time. Her mom and her dad split up and it was a, it was messy. It wasn't kind of messy. It was messy. And Veronica doesn't have a good outlook of marriage. But I was just curious, just off that initial moment, what you guys thought. I just kind of thought the same. Like, I figured that's why it was because I I really understand that scene. Um, a lot of people, like, I can't imagine anyone in your life that you've ever cared about is being broken up by marriage. Therefore, the person that you may care about the most is asking you to marry you. First thing that's going to come to your head, ugh, something bad's going to happen. I also wonder, because Veronica, quote-unquote, has been living outside the margins for so long, just the way she looks at marriage, the way that later she's looking at Wallace and his life, she doesn't have the same reactions as people. And I wonder if things that are considered, quote-unquote, traditional, the normal expected thing that you do, if that doesn't bring up a little... Well, yeah, because she definitely, even though Wallace is probably her best friend... She's checked out. Yeah, she doesn't seem very comfortable in that setting at all. Now, granted, she is with her boyfriend who she just refused his proposal, but still, it's just the whole thing. Like, she doesn't fit in there. Well, I mean, they're all talking about things and, you know, little anecdotes about family and whatever. And she's on her phone reading about a crime. Yeah. Why do you think that maybe Veronica and Wallace was never explored as a relationship? It never felt... It never felt romantic. I know it didn't. I'm just... And also, we have so many things where the best friend becomes a love interest. Maybe that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Because, okay, that makes sense. And it was very interesting to see a nemesis become a love interest. That was extremely interesting. Yeah. It was... For me, it was really fantastic that it never did. And I'm glad it didn't, obviously. I just, I just was kind of surprised that it was never even, well, was it even hinted? Mm-hmm. Or was it just like, hey, you're literally my best friend. There's not even a joke of, ew, we can never get together. It was more of like, no, you're my best friend. Boom. You know? There yeah. is. It's kind of brilliant, and I love it. I just... I wasn't sure what y'all's opinion was. No, I I like that that was never explored. It is interesting that, you know, basically the only person of color, the only man of color on the show was like the one person she didn't have romantic feelings. I didn't even think about it like that. Like that's kind of, oh, no, Weevil. 
Does she have a romantic thing with Weevil? No. But that's interesting too then. Think about that. The two men of color were the only two not explored as love Do we meet we, we see Weevil in this episode, right? Not in this episode. Not in this, this episode. episode, okay. But I, I, I do wonder about that now. Just thinking about, it's like the only two characters that weren't explored. It really just kind of gets me. And this is something, you know, one day, if I'm brave enough, I'll go ask Rob Thomas. I'm like, you really don't give people of color good roles. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know Veronica if it's just the because if it's Neptune, therefore that town probably wouldn't react well to having people of color in well, it. Well, no, 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 because there, there was the basketball player. That, oh, that's um, true. That Te- Tessa Thompson played that role, and I can't remember. Jackie? Jackie. Jackie. Her dad was an affluent member of the community, but he was he was involved in crime and doing illegal things. So I'm just, you know, and it's something that really has kind of bugged me with Veronica Mars. As much as I love the show so much, it's just like literally the only Latinx characters I can think of on there are all in gangs. All game bangers. All might be good people but, but have criminals. done but criminals. And I'm just like Rob Thomas, man, like what is up with well, that? Well this season and we'll get into it, we do have a family, an Arab family. Yeah, that is true. But again, they're not completely a hundred percent but no one is in Neptune. That's the thing That's too. That's what I was going to ask. No like, one's I, got their nose completely clean. I can't think of a single character That's good. Yeah. Like, not even Veronica. Veronica's done things. No, she's done things and has... I guess it's just more of the... They yeah. go with play into the spare, uh, the stereotypes of what... Well, Veronica, and, I, and I wonder, from your perspective, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to because it's not your job, but do you think it's like an intentional playing into stereotype thing? Or do you think it is a, I'm white and these problems that affect me, therefore I'm not thinking about it like that? I, I mean, hopefully the latter. I mean, it's not, neither answer is great, but I hopefully with the latter, it's, it's not more intentional. of, it's not intentional. It's not like, well, this is what bad Latinx, black, Arab would act like. It was more of like, well, I don't know any better, so I'm just going to write so this. So this is how I, this is how I see it. So this is how I have a female it. lead. I can kind of, you know. This is where I'm putting all my attention, which is incredible. We need It is very so, interesting so that this is a that. man writing for a teenage girl. That is interesting to me. I'm not going to say it's weird or wrong. It is interesting, though, yeah. that this she's so well-loved. But I think that's because of Kristen Bell. And I think it's also because of he started writing this when it was more, unfortunately, more Acceptable. accepted and more just like white men white cis men wrote everything so of course yeah rob thomas would be behind veronica mars now it's like rob thomas Kristen bell are probably the people who know veronica mars the best and i wouldn't trust another i wouldn't i wouldn't trust another writer that wasn't at least working with rob thomas or to write that character to write that character well we saw what happened with that their writer's room was very diverse though yeah, we're just talking, I think he means the showrunner. Just oh, the yeah. initial idea coming from a white man. Yeah, and I'm not poo-pooing Rob Thomas at all. No. But it's like, these are the these are the, the conversations and questions that need to be brought up if we're going to be change makers, especially in entertainment. It doesn't mean anyone's necessarily doing something wrong. It's not right, but it doesn't mean there was malicious intent. Yeah. It just means there was a... I was at a training today and we were talking about like the 
um, the conveyor belt of oppression. You know, just because you're not like actively like running towards oppression on the conveyor belt doesn't mean that you're not feeding into the because if you're still standing still into the system of oppression. Yeah. No, because if you're still standing still, you're You're still still moving. Yeah. So it's like, but but and and to speak to Thomas a little bit, because again, I don't know him personally, obviously, and I enjoy what he's created. I do see marked change in the writing from the beginning to now that that shows incredible growth and does reflect that diversity. Shall we get to the good stuff? Yes. So they do go to the city council meeting where the nuts are trying to pass all these city beautification things. Yeah, lucky for her, Logan chased her out of the apartment with a marriage proposal. Yeah, I know. And I just love Keith's reactions to this because she's like, he proposed and he's like, what a jerk. What a jerk. And then later on when when he asks her how did he react to it and she's like, like a mature adult, I caught him playing with the... Keith says... <laughs> I love their relationship. They just have such an open relationship. They talk to each other. Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to think of something smart ass to say, but I couldn't. Oh. It doesn't. I am on my last two cells. Richard Casablancas Sr. Dick is. Dick, 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 Casablancas. I guess it's funny, too, that he's holding up a condom. Ha! Uh, <laughs> which uh, my reaction to that was what someone's practicing safe sex you're welcome yeah he's like i found this on the beach because people never have sex on the beach there's not a cocktail named after it oh he was walking on the public beach and keith is under his breath like you've never walked on a public beach <laughs> <laughs> apparently big dick has money yeah which how are these people in this town letting this guy who went away for fraud yeah Talk them into. He is a stand-in for Trump, guaranteed. Because I was like, so do you wanna, many... how do we let someone? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm because, holding. because I'm holding it. <laughs> no, I'm just like literally have my hands. Because in the air. Veronica Mars in the city council thing, because he's like, she says something about how do we let this corrupt real estate tycoon, you know, dupe us into believing all this? And I'm, it's literally a call to what is happening and what has happened in our current political climate. Yeah. So that's how, Laura. That's how. Ask your mom. For real, though. No, no. You know, everybody is nostalgic for these bygone days that Keith said never existed that... That's a call to MAGA. Yeah. It's like, these are like, this is where it's like, okay, okay, Rob Thomas, I see you. Because it's all these little, like, I don't know what you call bread Charlie, how would you like to make America great again? Jeez. You don't know because you're a dog. We get to meet Nicole. Is it fair to say Big Dick's loaded? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Big Dick's loaded and ready to fire. (laughs) We meet Nicole, the owner of Comrade Quacks. The very unlikely owner of Comrade Quacks. She's a British woman that owns like a a, a sexy bar. What do you... (laughs) What? Like a bar what do you call it like a strip club is it a strip club no it's no just just why did i think it was a strip club well i mean oh no. because because the little comrade quack on the neon sign neon again neon oh. is like flashing he's like Nee-. and we also there's a character that may come back that has his office at a strip club 
Uh, That's what you're thinking. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. Oh no, no, no! It's not a sexy bar. It's a like a like a like a, a like bar. A, yeah, a but club. it's like a, like a college bar. It's like it's like the fun, the happening. Okay. <laughs> huh. I'm so old. Can you stop describing what you think a sexy bar is? <laughs> so a sexy bar is a college bar. Well, it's like a bar where the sexy young people go and are sexy. I don't know. It was a place I never went to. No, we went to little hole-in-the-wall dive no, bars I, that you might die. The bars in. like Comrade Quacks are where my soul goes to die. So it's really weird to see a character like Nicole, who from her amazing monologue that we're going to talk about in just a second, you can tell what a great character she is and what kind of person she is. So it's very off-character for this that type of person to own that kind of bar. That is true, because she looks out for her customers, too. Well, but we find out why. Oh, Never oh. mind. Never mind. Can't tell you. I don't know why. I can't tell you that. Yep. I shouldn't have told you I was that. like, stop. <laughs> stop. Collaborate and listen. Lars not watched all of the season, so keep your mouth shut tightly or you will be beat up nightly. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what is happening today. <laughs> Lacey almost spoiled Veronica Mars. That's all I got. I have better rhythm to you than you do. No, you don't. I do. Next topic. I'm be- well, you are offbeat and off topic. She thinks that... They're trying to drive her out of business. Oh, yeah. Nicole thinks that Big Dick and his nuts are trying to drive her business out. They're trying to pass an ordinance that says no vulgar advertising, and her T-shirts say get your duck, duck wet. wet. And she said, a rich man trying to get richer was trying to drive me out of business. No, no. She's like, oh, for a moment there, I thought it was a rich man. Because she's kind of having this dialogue with Big Dick. Yeah. And she's like, oh, for a minute there, I thought it was a rich man trying to get richer and shut down my business. Mic drop. Yeah. And so we go to Comrade Quacks, and it is crazy there, and these dorky guys are going to play the rejection game, where whoever gets the most rejections from women in the bar wins. Again, we don't know what they win. And there's this one kid, I didn't write down his name, but I love him. And, and he, it was Enrique. Is it? He Enrique? just goes for it. He's just like, if you're looking for strange, like something about his penis and how curved it is, and it just keeps going. Yeah, he says something about, if you're looking, oh, I couldn't help overhearing your request for some strange dick, and there is no dick stranger, stranger than, than mine. mine. He to the left and just keeps on going. There is a girl passed out. Nicole sees this, and these guys go over, and they're like Jimmy, laying her over. And well, no, her... it's this one guy in particular. He's like trying. It's like this girl's passed out. He comes in to play a little bit. He's just kind of a douche nozzle in general. He's trying to put this passed out girl's hand on his crotch, and then he's leaning her over to make it look like he's getting head from her. Yeah, and, and he's like, I'm gonna put this on Instagram. Yo, Gary, hand me my phone. I don't know if it was Gary. Nicole has a very serious reaction to this. She puts on brass knuckles, and I think she gets a bat? No, she just beats him with her hands. Okay, see, this is how intense it was to me. I'm making things up. But she puts on brass knuckles and breaks all of their phones, bans them, beats the shit out of this kid, and then she tells the people around to find this girl's shitty friends to tell her to take her home. I love it. Yeah, Yeah. and then she's like, because if not, she's going to sleep it off in a drunk tank. I was like... Why can't we have this reaction to kids being assholes more? Yeah. I'm going to do this at work now. Yes. And then we go to Mexico. We're going to be the life coach of, like, 
Mex- the Mexican cartel. I cannot remember this guy's name. name. Let me look it up. Because I, I feel like... Because he's such a good character. Yeah. But he's talking about how there's no such thing as free will. You are just a passenger in the boat that is your body. And then we see him from a different side, and he's got blood all over the side of his face. There is banging from the trunk. There's somebody locked in there. He's got blood all over his face. The police pull them over, and we find out they work for this bad dude. And... Not just a bad dude. He's like the bad dude of the Mexican cartel. Yeah. The guy's like, you have a choice, and the police officer chooses to live. So he takes the bribe and walks away. Yeah. And then they kill the guy in the trunk. Why can't I find this? And then, yeah, this is when we see just kind of what condition Keith is in. Because in the movie, he was in a really bad car accident. Yeah. And he hasn't quite recovered from that. So he has a whole bunch of pills that he's taking. He's doing physical therapy. His physical therapist is... Just, like, has his sunglasses on inside and on his phone the whole time. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, I, it's like, if you know anyone in the medical industry, you know very well you can run into people like that. And he's talking to his doctor, and he said that he's having headaches and memory loss. And so the doctor's going to send him for a CAT scan, which is going to cost him a couple grand, which I don't think he really has. Again, highlighting the money situation. And he meets up with Veronica at the grocery store, and she tells him, you know, there's no George Bailey moment. If we go under, there's not going to be people taking up a collection to bail us out. Because she's kind of upset with him for how little he's charging this guy for them to investigate the rat situation. Oh, and he also lies to her because he says that things are going along very well. We know that they're not. And then we go to the Sea Sprite. The Sea Sprite. And I really love the guy who owns it and his daughter. They've got a good relationship, too. We've got a lot of good father-daughter relationships here. I wonder if Rob Thomas has a good relationship with his daughter. I think he has two daughters. I hope they're both doing well. (laughs) And this this rich kid who we heard talking in Command... Not Commando Quacks. Comrade Comrade Quacks. Him and his fiancée are checking out. They were supposed to be staying at a house, but something happened. So they got a room at the Neptune Grand, and he wants to get a refund. And things are not working out well. There's a little conflict happening. The internet goes down, so this... The, the one nerdy guy who, with the strange dick... What's his name? ...goes down to tell them in the lobby that the internet isn't working. His friends are playing D&D or some sort of game like it's that It's like upstairs. D&D Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings edition. Patton Oswald is a pizza guy. He's bringing... Still one of my favorite comedians. He's so funny. Carl's met him. Long, long, long time ago, my friend Jarrett and I... We went to go one of his stand-ups, and then he just stuck around and talked to us. So, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Cool. The Mexican cartel member is named Dodi Mendoza. The life coach? Yeah, the Mexican cartel life coach is Dodi Mendoza, as far as I can tell. Oh, this douchey guy that was in the bar... Jimmy! ...messing with the drunk girl, he tries to steal the pizza. Pat Oswalt's character, which... I don't know if we even hear his name in the first episode. I don't think we hear his name in the first episode. I would be happy to find out. Um, He has this nice little trick. He's like, oh, pepperoni and cheese, classic. And the kid's like, yeah. And he's like, ha ha, good try. That's not what kind of pizza it is. Mm -hmm. 
And so he tries to deliver the pizza, and there's this big party going on, and they're like, nobody here ordered pizza. So he finally gets the pizza to the, the nerdy guys, and he is delivering his pizza to the hotel owner and his daughter. And then Penn Epner is the pizza man. Okay. And then there's some other people that come into the lobby, the... The douchey guy who got beat up at the bar. Jimmy, Jillian, who's the girl. You've seen her a couple times at this point. She has a very ample bosom that she shows off. She's very good looking. She's beautiful. And Jimmy is interested. Well, she's friends. Oh, what's the girl's name? The the other girl that um, is with the one dude that's trying to get the... Hold on. We should know their names. I know. Hold on. What's the dude's fiance? Hold on. No, 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 no. Oh, the dude, the Mexican cartel life coach, is named Clifton Collins. That can't be right. Yeah. His name's Clifton Collins Jr. Oh. That's interesting. And he plays a character. His name's Alonzo Lozano. Nice. So his name's Alonzo. But let's see. I'm trying. So it's Alex Maloof is the guy and the girl. Tawny? Okay. Tawny. That feels right. Anyways, keep going. So all these people are in the lobby. The hotel owner sends his daughter out to the car to get her homework. The pizza guy walks out and kaboom. It's so unexpected because they don't lead you to believe anything's going to happen. There's no ominous music. There's no buildup. There's no tension. It is everyday life. And then it's. It's a war zone. See, yeah. that's what I love about Rob Thomas. Is like I know I was talking a little bit about his treatment. Trying to get back in his favor so you can write a bad person of color role for you. Right. There we go. No, but that's just so expertly done because I I was waiting for it and I'm like, oh no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, when is it going to... And then it happens out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I forgot about it because I, I really forgot about the, the buildup in the beginning of the scene. Like, oh, yeah, I got so invested in the story and kind of what was happening. And I didn't think that it would happen that quickly. Totally threw me off. Four people die. So motel owner. Um, Tawny. Tawny, the fiance. Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, and the, the and, nerdy kid. Yeah, Enrique. The, the son. Let me look it up. Maloof. He survives, but he loses his hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the hot girl, Jillian. Jillian, but she doesn't lose anything. No. And then um, our pizza delivery guy is injured a little bit. Pen Epner. Oh, no, no, it's not Enrique. It's Gabriel. 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 I even wrote that down. He's played by Rudy Martinez. I liked him. He was funny. Oh, and he is the nephew of El Despiado. Despiado? El Despiadado. El Despiadado. Well, we find out he's nephew by marriage, but he is divorced. Yeah. This bad guy, as a birthday present to his ex-wife, sends the um, cartel life coach to Neptune to find out who killed him. Yeah, Alonzo. Oh, Alonzo, do you want to feel incredibly old? Sure. Okay, great. I'm so glad because the answer it was coming anyways. Um, the actor that plays Jillian... Was born in 1998. All right, well, for our next podcast, we're going to be teaching you how to eat hard candy. And make soap. (laughs) Okay. 
have we have a nice scene with Veronica and Logan at Wallace's, and we get to see Wallace's really cute baby. But yeah, 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 the baby's cute. Whatever. Again, as we were talking about, she doesn't really fit in. She and, well, no, because she's on her phone. A, she's on her phone outside. They're holding dinner for her. Uh, trying to get details on the case. And then she's at the dinner table scrolling, trying to figure out, like, read articles and find out what happened. So not invested in quality friend time at all. Right. Uh, Logan doesn't doesn't waste any time getting a dig in about a baby because if marriage is off the table, guess what else is probably. And then we get to a scene that I just absolutely love. We are at the hospital and this, like, Peppy music, Mr. Like this, Finish Line. Yeah, it's this on. funky little like beat. And here comes the man of the hour, the one, the only. Cliff. Cliff. And he is there to give out his business cards to get all those clients from this bomb. And like it is just harvest day, and old Cliff is reaping the harvest. I really do think Cliff is who we all need to aspire to be. I think the world would be much better if we were. I mean, he knows who he is, and there's... He knows who he is. He goes after what he wants. It's Do handsome. you know who we're talking about? Because he... <gasps> oh, this is supposed to be funny. Walks into Jillian's room, and the nurse is like, you can't be in here. She has to go to sleep. And he says, do you know how many women have fallen asleep while I've been talking? Oh, yeah, because he also was like, um, to the to the nurse, he's like, oh, Vanessa, stop losing weight. Don't you know? Real women have curves. Yeah. And it's like, it's so slimy and stuff, but you're just like, Cliff. And I think Cliff wouldn't be lovable if it weren't for, um, what's his name? Um, the actor. Oh, my we don't know anybody's name today. Wow, we are just batting a thousand here, folks. Hold on for my 10th trip to IMDb. Oh, Cliff. Clifford. What is your I name? I say his name is Dean. Your name is Dean. Darren Norris plays ah, I knew Cliff McCormick. Deep. And he was made to be an older gentleman because it just suits him so perfectly. Yeah. The voice, the mannerisms, the walk, he is just, he is suited to his age. Yeah, he just, he does such a good job at that role. And he just does such a good job in that role. And it makes that character that can kind of maybe be a little bit of a slime ball. Just be like... But he's our slime ball. He's, exactly, he's our slime ball. Yeah, unlike the other slime, who we don't see in this episode. And so Neptune has finally gotten a police force. They had a sheriff's department before, but now they actually have police. And the chief of police is a lady. A lady? A girl? It's a girl? How the hell? Is that even legal? Whose name I did not write down. Let me fucking go back. <laughs> I want this documented how many goddamn times I've had to go on to IMDb. Her name's Marsha Langdon, and she is played by a beautiful actress named Dawn Lewis. Yeah, she is gorgeous. Don't tell her she's pretty. You couldn't even remember who she was. Bitch. Anyway. Marsha Langdon. Sheriff Langdon. Yeah. Yes. She is talking to the mother and brother of Maloof, who had his hand blown off. Okay, Alex Maloof. Alex The Maloof. mother's name is Amalia. Fucking brother is named goddamn Daniel Maloof. Yeah, who is a congressman. He a congressman. I think they're trying to make him kind of look Obama. Oh. Obama-ish. I can see that. Obama-ish. Okay. I don't know. And Obama-like. She's asking, oh, could this bombing have something to do with the congressman targeting his younger brother? The mother says, well, I want to speak to somebody in charge, and she said, tells her. You'd need a, if you want to get higher than me and Neptune, you'd need a ladder to heaven. 
Yeah, basically letting this woman know. It's me. It's me. And so Cliff walks in and he says, I don't know about you, but when I don't know what to do next, I opt for suing someone. (laughs) (laughs) They turn around and he's like, oh, congressman. (laughs) Oh, congressman. And he recommends Keith to them because they want somebody who can investigate this. And while they're there, they said, this is a problem for us. We're choosing to throw money at it. Oh, God, I wish I... And in this scene where they're explaining the case to Keith and Veronica, the mom asks Veronica for some tea. Well, doesn't really ask her. She's just kind of... Well, she treats Veronica like a waitress. Yeah. When Veronica hears about how much money they're willing to spend, she's more than happy to play, like, secretary. She's like, sugar? I don't remember what she says. They ask about what the fees are, and from the other room you hear her yell, 300 an hour plus a 5,000 retainer. Good lord, that sounds great. Sounds lovely. So of course they're on the case now. Oh, and then this is when we go back to Mexico, not Australia. Do you ever want to see Daddy Mars and Veronica do a reenactment of the um, theme show intro? We're super duper true. Oh, Snoopers. First class pride and I figure outers, clearer outers, mistresses of disguise. What? We've got the know-how, we've got the knack. Now needs a case to crack. We're two super duper snoopers. Give us a mystery. Give us a mystery. Give us a mystery. We need a mystery. Oh. Okay, we get it, girls. We need a fucking mystery. They should go to Catholic church. Ah. Nah. You don't know about the mysteries? Oh, girl has not been to mass? No. She ha- she doesn't know about the mysteries. Mm-mm. When you do the rosaries, girl, you gotta go through the mysteries. Every story is called a mystery. Yeah. But like the mystery of Jesus. It's not called the mystery of Jesus. <laughs> but it's like mystery of like the birth and then like the mystery of the crucifixion and the mystery of the... Of the, the, the empty tomb. That's like the only true mystery. Lacey, stop offending our Catholic listeners. Yeah. Stop offending me here. I'm out of here. Anyway, so. That's me walking off. Hold on, hold on. Let's go like this. So it goes. That was the door closing. Wow, he left, folks. I am single. This this bad guy, how do you say his name? El Despiadado. Yes. Yeah. He has this hot new wife, and his ex-wife is there, and she is just kind of giving him the what for about her nephew that got killed. And he's like, he's not my nephew anymore. She says, <laughs> she calls his new wife Titsy Gonzalez. <laughs> Aww. Her wedding call- night. Whoa. Jeez. Whoa, 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 whoa. I never called you Titsy. <laughs> this is about to go off the rails. We should anyway, probably get this yes. taken care of. So, hold on. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Become a Foley artist? Yep, for myself. <laughs> she, she convinces him to look into her nephew's death. So she sends the Mexican cartel life coach. Yes. He's on the case. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? That was just funny. He's on the case. And we end the episode at the Sea Sprite. Well, what was the Sea Sprite? Well, I mean, because the rooms are still functional. It's just the front office really. Oh, that's true. 
And they say, it's the end of an era, and Veronica says, I photographed some enthusiastic acts of adultery. Oh, is that where she was supposed to be in the pilot episode? Yes, that's where it's the episode starts there. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. At Very this, so book indie. Yes. Full circle. Other ways to say that. And she's talking about how if she had known what, what would was have going been. to happen, she would have walked away from the case. Yeah. But she said that there was a girl, and she started to care about the girl. And if you know anything about what I do, that is never a good idea. So, Laura, I want to ask you, what do you think she means by that? Like, should have just walked away. What do you think happens? Okay, well, I know somebody doesn't make it. I don't know who. I know a lot of people are really upset about it. I'm surprised being on Twitter you haven't yeah. seen it. I work very hard to avoid spoilers. But anyway. I work very hard to keep my head in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Or head in the sand. Head in the ground is not the saying. My friend Bryce, who turned me on to Veronica Mars, said that he would like to slap Rob Thomas in the face. Yeah, I don't... I do, okay, here's the thing. I don't agree with what was done. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't agree with what was done. I don't think it's so important that the show can't continue, but I don't like it. Well, here's the thing. The only character they could kill that would make the show unable to continue is Veronica. Yeah. Even if you know, like, my worst-case scenario, they kill off Daddy Mars. He's not, like, if you think about it, he's not needed. No. I mean, anybody is dispensable besides Veronica Mars. Well, honestly, I think I was even reading some articles on how they very well could continue without Veronica Mars and it be just Mars invest- Mars Investigations. I it was an interesting article. Like, I don't know if I agree with it. I don't agree with that. You gotta have her. As long as you have, I feel like you gotta have Veronica and you gotta have Danny Mars. You've gotta, you've gotta have those two characters. Or if not, you've gotta have Veronica and Wallace. Yeah, she has to have somebody. Yeah. Sherlock has to have his Watson. Exactly. She needs someone to function in that role, but it could be anybody. I just, I'm, I don't even want to say I know why it was done. It makes sense because it's, people are going on and on about, whatever happened being the end of the show. It's like, no, 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 no. That is not what the show's about. I just don't, I didn't like it. But that doesn't mean it was bad. Yeah, we might need to stop. It's getting... Well, what I was going to ask you guys is because this is like such a big thing, I think that after I get back from Spain towards the end of the year, we should do an episode on the final episode. Oh, I'm totally down. Well, because the thing is, is the final episode, it's really good and that's the thing it's like i don't like it but i respect it because it's done so well it's like you don't like i'm trying to think of something you don't like but you you can just sit there and go fuck that was good like fleabag the end of fleabag oh yeah oh my god i wish we could do a fucking fleabag podcast because it's all i want to talk about but you know at the end when it's just gut-wrenching and you, you almost don't think you're going to make it. But it was so perfect. But it was so perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, it's if a, you haven't seen Fleabag... Watch Fleabag. Stop this podcast and go watch Fleabag. Fuck anything we'll we've ever done and go watch Fleabag. Yeah. It is the best television I've ever seen. It's written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who also wrote Killing Eve. She's also my new god. And she's writing the new James Bond movie. Yes, and she's also writing a new original thing that we don't know what it is. And her woman show, Fleabag, is going to be airing in theaters. And I'm so excited 
She is she is my ultimate kind of creative crush right now. She's my new Tina Fey. You can't even put them in the same category. I'm not trying to compare them. You can't. You can't. It's on a completely different level. No, but she's now what to me Tina, Tina Fey, Fey was. Used to be. Yeah. See, and I never had that that familiarity or that love for Tina Fey. And I do for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I love her. But anyway, but it's like how that scene was that it's so heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and you don't want it to happen. Like, you want her and the priest to stay together. Yeah. But it can't. And it makes so much sense the way they do it. That's that's the last episode of Veronica Mars. Like do we need to put spoilers for Fleabag on here now if we keep it in? Oh, yeah, spoilers for Fleabag. I don't know because it's so obvious her and the priest can't end up together. We know from the start it's doomed. Okay. I think I think so. Like you know even even when you realize it's gonna it's gonna happen. You know it's doomed. You know it can't make sense. Yeah. That's what makes it so amazing. I'm also in the middle of a lost rewatch right now and they just kill people left and right. So Yeah. Rob Thomas has been merciful to us. True. Yeah. Do y'all have anything else to say? No. I oh, oh do we want to rate it? Yeah, let's rate it. How do y'all do ratings? One out of ten. A through F. A through F. Uh, I definitely would give this episode probably like an A minus. Honestly, I, I really loved it. I thought it introduced the world of Veronica Mars to a new people and to b it reintroduced it. Was, it. It reintroduced it. It established that this is not your original Veronica Mars. This is what they are going to be like as adults. And you know what? People change as adults, and so did the show. And that's why I give it an A minus. I can't agree more with what you just said. So I I will give it just a flat out A because I'm still torn on if I'm doing plus or minuses. But I think I think it was it was good enough as an episode to be to be given an A. I think. Yeah, yeah. It was a really well done episode. Set up the show really nice. Set the tone. Everything that Carl said. Yeah. If we're comparing it to, like, the original pilot, I think the original pilot was stronger. Yeah. But this is a really great episode. And, yeah, I don't think I could give it anything less than an A. Yeah. And the thing is, the original pilot, in my opinion, may be one of the best pilots in television history. So It's one of the best. I, I haven't seen all of television, so it's hard for me to say that. Well, I guess that's true. But I'm comparing or I haven't it to... seen as much as you have. I know. I, I watch way too much No, TV. no, no. You just, no, you just have a... a I think you have a broader knowledge, quite honestly. Well, screw it. It's but, like I put it up there with, I'm so sorry I'm interrupting you. I'm mansplaining TV. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mansplain TV to me. Thank you. So, TV forever. No. Um, but I put it up there with like, you know, to me, Lost as one of the best Season pilots. two of The Office. Season two of The Office. The whole season. Yeah. It's like there's certain things in television, you know, first episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. First episode of Fleabag, honestly. All the episodes of Fleabag. True. But yeah, it's one of those, the, the, the first pilot is so perfect. But this one did a good job, like you said, reintroducing the characters that we know and love and, and introducing the show as it will be. What is your recommendation? I know we just covered this a few weeks ago. We covered the pilot of Jessica Jones. And I believe during the pilot episode of Veronica Mars, I even referenced back to Jessica Jones. I want to go back because I, I was talking more about a season one because I hadn't seen season three of Jessica Jones. I enjoyed that so much, and the feels of both shows, even though they're so completely different, and they're in literal different worlds, different universes rather, the tonal feel of the shows are so so similar. And season three, I'm so sad 
to say there's not going to be any more Jessica Jones. Because season three really redeemed us from season two. Season three was incredible. It was great. I won't say it's the best I've ever seen, but it was such a great season. It was so enjoyable to watch. So when you ask for recommendations, is it just something that I'm watching that fits y'all's genre? That fits in with the with the feel yeah, of the show. Yeah, if somebody liked Veronica Mars, what would you recommend they read, watch, or listen to? You know, I would really recommend, if y'all haven't watched it after y'all's episode, after Fatal Femme's episode of Killing Eve, I think that would be a yep. huge thing to watch. Because Killing Eve is another fantastic fantastic show anything that you can find especially for women of color because as amazing as Kristen bell is i think exploring more female identifying characters of color is really important the movie itself doesn't fit with fatal femmes criteria criteria but lupita nyong'o's performance in us i think her journey itself Mm-hmm. is just such full of mystery and the characters that she plays is just so torn but I know it's like written directed by Jordan Peele a guy and she's not necessarily like the story's not centered just around her it's centered around her family and there's still a lot of like you know it's still very male heavy but just her performance in us is in us is Oscar worthy I'm trying to think if I have anything because Veronica Mars is such an original show that there's not much that really matches it, and I especially can't think of something with a woman of color in the lead, besides something created by Shonda Rhimes, like a How to Get Away with Murder or Scandal, which you should watch both of those. They're fun as hell. But yeah, like just with the feel of Veronica Mars, you know, it's a mystery, and we're gonna talk about it soon because we actually have a really cool interview coming up with the author. But if you want a really great women-led mystery book, look up Widows-in-Law by Michelle W. Miller. Like I said, that's kind of a spoiler on an upcoming episode, but if you like women-led mysteries, you will love this book. You will love the characters, and you will be engrossed from start to finish. Very good. I had a really great recommendation that I can't remember right now. Well, you can always leave it in the description. I will do that. Yeah, it'll come back to me at some point. Yeah, totally. And this is your last episode before you go to España. Yes. So we will have new episodes coming out, but they Which have Lara been... has entrusted me to post. That's one thing I really love. If you don't know, Lara is so great on Twitter. Starting off in the social media game, I thought that I was going to be the one doing this, but Lara has just been killing the, the Twitter game and making so many contacts. We've gotten so many amazing guests like Doug from Good Times, Great Movies Podcast, Callie Sutton, and she's amazing. She's an author. But that was such a fun episode. And then talking with Michelle about her book, I, I think that Lara deserves some snaps and some small claps. That's what we do in my class. Just for for making these connections. This has been really, really fun. And it's something that I think the show is better for. So when this episode comes out, I will be in Spain um, hiking the Camino de Santiago. Having a spiritual awakening. Yes. Pray for me and my feet because our first day on the trail is going to be 15 miles. If you can do 10 miles basically uphill in San Francisco, you can do it. Okay, cool. So I can do it. Trust me. If you can make it in San Francisco, you can make it in Spain. So That's um, the saying, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that old saying, you know. You can make it in San Francisco. You can make it in Spain. Sorry, I've interrupted you like three times. 
we will have new episodes out, but we won't be recording new ones until I get back. But I will be checking social media. So if you have a comment or something you want to share with us, or if you like the episode and want to leave us a review or some kudos, please do so. I will be checking and would love to interact with you. Thank you, Carl, for being with us on this episode. You're welcome. I love being on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Now get out. Okay. All right. Anything else? Um, no. Tacos. That's All what right. a kid in my class kept saying today. But like, how are you feeling? And he'd say tacos. If I said if I asked him if anyone had any questions, he'd be like, "Can I have tacos?" And I was like, "If I was the person to decide that for you, yes, you may have tacos, but I'm not." Okay. So tacos. All right, everybody, say bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Fatal Fems. Like us on Facebook at Fatal Fems and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fatal underscore Fems. Have a question or comment for the show? Shoot us an email at fatalfemspodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever podcatcher you use. Don't forget to leave us a rating while you're there. If you like what you've heard, check out our Patreon page. We have different sponsorship levels with perks that will allow us to make more content and better quality episodes. We hope you enjoyed this episode, because if you didn't, the consequences could be fatal. Thanks for listening.